Welcome in players to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show, the show that plays Call Me Maybe as its walk-up song. D. Mendy here hosting, and I'm here with a couple Carly Rae Jepsen fans. Artur Benny, a.k.a. Lil Cheesecake VLC. How are we doing? <laughs> call, call Me Maybe is our walk-up song today. Oh, oh yeah, man. <laughs> classic song. It is a classic. It is a classic. There's some great... Uh, meme videos out for call me maybe as well that if you uh if you are feeling nostalgic for 2012 please watch those i i i i can't argue it's a classic love me some good old crj and eric mendelson e loves his carly ray jepson he also is really bad at kayaking and bumps into your boat at least five or six times how are we doing you know speaking of cheesecake which is unhealthy you had two pints of ice cream yesterday and four and a half slices of pizza today. That's a lot of calories. I had one pint, or I had a half a pint, and it was healthier ice cream. I did have four and a half deep dish slices. I will not deny that. Yum, 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 yum. Well, we're not, we're, we'll get away from the fact that you crashed into my kayak six times today. And Look we're going to keep adding the number like a politician. <laughs> On deck, we have MVPs, Cy Youngs, and Rookies of the Year in this crazy year 2020. This wild extravaganza of a 60-game season, we're going to try and nail down the three award winners for the American League and the National League. We're going to be doing this with our special guest, Ellen Adair, who's waiting in the hole. After we go to our bullpen for our question of the week, which MLB team has the best mascot in the game? And then our mystery question Coming in, must say mystery question, mystery game coming in to shut the door. But first, up to bat is our news and notes. MLB has finally released its 60 game schedule. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. Opening night will be a doubleheader July 23rd with Yankees at the Nationals, the World Series champion Nationals. And the Giants at the Dodgers. Gentlemen, any games in particular you're excited to watch? Eric? Yeah, I'm really excited for Yankees versus Nationals. Obviously, uh, DC is going to try to defend their World Series. And Garrett Cole versus Scherzer was supposed to be the Game 5 matchup before he got his next spasms. Um, I also think Astros at Athletics the following day is going to be a great game. I think those are the two favorites for the NL West or for the AL West. And uh, I, I have high expectations for the athletics this year. So I think an opening day win over Verlander could be huge for them. Oh God, I know, hope not. He's on my NS, my NFBC team. That would be horrible. So let's not hope for that. Art, what about you? I'm looking forward to the series where the Dodgers and the Astros play each other this year. The rematch from the World Series of 2017, the one the Dodgers feel like they should have had the year that the Astros were caught cheating. This year they're playing each other after they got caught last year for that season. I can't wait to see. L.A. fancies themselves as the uh, uh, scorned championship lover in this in this matchup. Houston is the is the dastardly person who cheats to get their way. Uh, how many high and tight fastballs? How many how many fights break out? What is this? Uh, what is this going to be like? I, I I can't wait to see Dodgers and Astros. 
Eric, you're a gambler, a betting man. You think there's going to be an over-under line on the amount of players hit in that series? You know what? I actually do think there is. And right as Art was saying, and I was like, I was thinking in my line, I was like, what would that be? Would it be eight and a half for like the entire series over under eight and a half? That sounds like it could be right. Wow. This is this is taking a dark. We're talking about players getting hit as a, as a line. Hey, we don't uh, hope it happens, but we're just trying to cash in if there's a line for it. Fair enough. Let's move to our next bit of news. More players have announced that they will sit out the season. In addition to the guys we mentioned last week, Nick Markakis, David Price, Felix Hernandez are all sitting out uh, due to their own personal reasons for not wanting to play. Meanwhile, more players have tested for positive for COVID. Freddie Freeman, Jesus Lazardo, Tommy Pham, and Giovanni Gallegos are just a few of the many names that have been coming forward recently to test positive. There's also been players that have not shown up to camp for various reasons that aren't being listed. So, guys, can you pick out of all these names? Is there a certain guy you really feel like is going to benefit, either get more playing time? I and mean, again, we've, we mentioned this last week. We're not saying that COVID should benefit anything. It's just more – it's an uncomfortable topic to talk about, and we have to look at it in a fantasy baseball lens. Are there guys that you feel are going to really get a chance to step in and contribute in this 60-game season? All right, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think that uh, with Nick Markakis sitting out, um, I think you have to think that Austin Riley is going to get increased playing time in Atlanta. Uh, I think that uh, with with Price going down, Ross Stripling gets a little bit more valuable. Uh, Felix Hernandez, he was a fringe guy. Uh, I'm not 100% sure he had a rotation spot locked up in Atlanta, but maybe that opens up some doors for Sean Newcomb. I'm not 100% sure. The guys who got uh, Freeman, Luzardo, Fam, Gallegos, the guys who who tested positive for coronavirus, please uh, take care of yourselves. Hope you recover quickly. Uh, get for to play baseball or whatever, you know. Get better soon. Here, here, can't disagree with anything you said there, and and we all here triple play want everybody to get better. We want the best guys out there and them to be healthy and everybody families as well we they're they're risking their family's health by playing and and potentially contracting the virus and people don't talk about that enough that they're not again just not affecting themselves but potentially their loved ones as well so eric any names that stick out to you yeah i think art mentioned and and it's funny that the all the names that you mentioned about people that are skipping are veterans marcakis price felix hernandez um, and that seems that that's the route that a lot of people are opting out are, are older veterans who don't want to uh, expose their families to um, the coronavirus. I agree with Austin Riley. I think Johan Camargo as well. And for the Dodgers, I really like Dustin May. I've been a Dustin May guy, but I think this only opens the door for him a little bit more. And I'll say the one thing in regards to COVID, you know, I, I don't know if you guys saw the Freddie Freeman excerpt, but his wife said, you know, he was never he's never really sick. And Nick Markakis's decision to opt out was after he talked to Freddie Freeman and hearing how bad he was on the phone. And you have to think that the season starts in two weeks from today, from when we're recording tonight on July 9th. You know, if he takes another month or two to get better, who's going to say that he wants to come back for the last month of the season and, and risk getting it again? So I think for these players that have already got it, you have to think that there's a chance that they just sit out this entire season if they don't want to risk going through all of that illness and the effects of it again. Yeah, I can't. You said it. You 
explained it beautifully, Eric. I, I don't have anything to add to that. I think, again, we're looking for every player to be safe. We're looking for their families to be safe. We want everybody to practice safety. The one thing I will say is I like what the Angels are doing. I don't know if you guys saw, but they're now basically having to wear masks no matter what, no matter where they go, no matter what they're doing. And I think it's their uh, the theory I heard was that they want Mike Trout to play and mm-hmm. that they're doing that to practice as much precaution as possible to help him feel comfortable. But I think the practice of wearing masks uh, when they're basically together for the next few months, I think that's that's something that every organization should start doing. Yeah, great. Absolutely. absolutely. With that being said, do you like what you're hearing so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. Want to hear more Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy football show that you can check out, also available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, how about being the popular kid in school and leave us a five-star rating and review? Help us help you. Keep us growing. Keep us giving you funny and informative content. This is what we live for. We love doing this for you all, so uh, it helps us out tremendously. David, also, school's, out. school's out for the summer, you dummy. You should know that. You can still you're be the popular teacher. You can still be the popular kid during the summer. You're the one that everybody hits up to for summer plans. Don't interrupt <laughs> me in my plug. I was about to talk you up, too. Check out our Twitter and Instagram, at TripPlayFantasy. Eric runs our social media and does an ant job. <laughs> <laughs> Provides great daily questions and gifts along with our weekly episode drops. Lastly, tell a friend about us. Tell your parents. Tell your children. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. <laughs> but your homework assignment is to get someone new to listen to us if you listen to this podcast please get someone you know to listen to us that is your summer homework assignment if that was as easy a homework assignment in the summers as i had when i was in school i would have gotten a's every single year so let's keep you entertained help us grow thank you the loyal player for your listens each and every week and now ellen adair Let me tell you today about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, or you can record it on another device or platform and transfer it to Anchor. It will distribute your podcast for you through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast right in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We welcome in a guest who's better than the rest. You may have seen her on demand as she's in shows like The Sinner, Billions, and yes, Homeland. The author of Curtain Speech, an actor's poems about theater is what is there to teach. Take Me Into the Ball Game is where you can hear her voice. Baseball movie lovers, yes, you can rejoice. Her love for Phillies baseball is beyond compare. Yes, folks, we are talking with the Ellen Adair. Ellen, how are you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm so delighted you wrote a poem. Well, I saw when you did poetry for like the book that you have. I was like, I, I got to I got to do something with that. I got to give her the proper intro. Oh, my gosh. It's absolutely brilliant. I am so, so, so touched. <laughs> Yeah. Dude, that's the best poem you've ever written. It's Probably. exceptional. Yeah. I mean, I really just obviously 
it's not something that's possible in the world that we live in now. But like, I just anywhere I go, I want you to come with me and just read that poem <laughs> to introduce me. And then I'll just have to do so much less work. Well, now I thought I'd be I like, a... the fella said it. You heard it. You heard the poem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, now see, I feel like I got to make sure I got to keep writing them and just keep impressing you. I'll just like I, one up each one. I mean, please keep writing poems, but I'm crazy <laughs> impressed. So don't feel like you need to continue impressing me. This amount of impressed that I am is going to last for like months. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm well. we're super glad that you're here, Ellen. We've got obviously baseball coming up soon. We're really excited, but we can't leave out that we got to talk about who we think are going to be some MVPs, Cy Youngs, and Rookies of the Year for this crazy year of 2020. So... How this is going to work is we're looking at, again, it's MLB's kind of finally released their 60-game schedule. Opening night's going to be a doubleheader uh, on July 3rd, 23rd, so we don't have to wait too, too much longer. And this is an extravaganza of a season. And we don't even know if they're even going to be the American League and National League winners, and there could be three division winners. But for this conversation, we'll say it's going to be American League, National League. There are no right or wrong answers unless it's whatever Eric says, and that's the wrong answer. That's funny. That I was thinking whatever you said is wrong. My husband is also named Eric, so I'm familiar with the notion that whatever Eric says is wrong. Oh, I love it. You know, we I'm were actually, so we, were actually right. uh, we were listening to Take Me Into the Ball Game, and your husband, I feel like, is very similar to us. We're, like, very quirky and just love to just goofy, <laughs> just talk in different voices and all that. So I was like, she'll fit right in. She'll know exactly our, like, shtick. Yeah, no, I love all of his goofy voices. He's perfect. <laughs> oh, Eric's are perfect, it sounds like. They they are. They are, in fact, perfect. Yes. So we're going to, again, as we'll go through each thing, each of our analysts here are going to talk about, and they'll give their short, and yes, Art, I'm looking at you because you can ramble. We're looking at their short. It's uh, all solid information. That's not yes. called rambling. That's called, <laughs> it's called solid information. Very fair. I um, mean... I just did a 97-minute podcast on a 77-minute movie, so I think that the track record will show that I, too, can ramble. <laughs> no, it's okay. it's okay if you do it, Alan, but then I hear Art's voice every week, so sometimes I just, like, sit there. But <laughs> I, the point was I didn't want to scare you away. So uh, with that being said, let's dive right in, and we're going to start with ALMVP. And Ellen, you're the guest, so I want to start with you. Who do you think is going to be AL MVP this year? Oh, my goodness. So I, I just have to put a little proviso before this, which is that the thought of the baseball season in the current world that we live in fills me with joy, but also great angst. And I wrote like 2,500 words about it on the turf, and so I don't need to uh, go deeply into it. But it was actually emotionally hard for me to think about this question, given that I feel like part of the calculus is like, well, you know, is Trout going to sit out because his wife is having a baby and and things like that, that like I almost don't enjoy being sort of sports related discussions. They feel like human related discussions for me. And I know that everybody, you know, I'm sure that you guys have been feeling the same kind of angst about talking about players with COVID and stuff like it. It feels it feels weird. So my take for this is that these are not my Nostradamus predictions. These are my <laughs> Joyadamus predictions. So I like what just would make me the happiest and like makes me the happiest right now to think about. So 
all, that very long preamble dispensed with, <laughs> I am going with Matt Chapman. Mm. His defense is so beautiful that I wrote a poem about it, as you maybe know. Yes. Um, but he is just the paragon of any defensive metric, like 14 outs above average last year, 34 defensive runs saved. And he was also fourth in war last year. And that was even with him sort of severely tailing off at the end of the season offensively. But through the All-Star break last year, he hit 268, 355, 535 with 21 homers. So if he comes out of the gate like that, his defense could propel him to the top. I love it. And I know you love your corner infield mat or is it the your corner mats, right? The corner infield mats. Yes. yes that's, that's I love them because I also I also love Matt Olson. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Art, right, what about yours? I'm going to take the uh, the the joy filled world version of my MVP as well. And I'm going to say J.D. Martinez is going to win the MVP this year. Nice. And here's why. Here's why I like that. He, I think the Red Sox are going to be better than people expect this year. If the Red Sox and the Red Sox offense is not going to go down as much, look at who they have now: J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts. Uh, um, uh, don't say, don't say Benintendi. Andrew Benintendi, he's, he's a solid player. You know, he's a disappointment. They have, they have, they have a solid offense. He's Twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think if. If their offense leads the charge on a huge J.D. Martinez season and they get back to the playoffs, there's your AL MVP, J.D. Martinez. I like it. I like it. Oh, by Eric. So Art can bash your pick. Let's uh, see your pick. Well, he can't bash it because he's going to bash Allen's as well. It's Matt Chapman. I don't know if you can see. I wow. wrote Matt Chapman. We just see a, your picture of mom's thing on the screen. We don't see you. Oh, uh, well. She took some of my stats away, and I really couldn't believe when you said that. <laughs> but last year, he had 36 homers and 91 RBIs and was six in the MVP voting. She had mentioned his war. Matt Chapman is a streaky guy. I think Ryan, uh, Art had compared him to Ryan Zimmerman in the past. And Ryan Zimmerman had a 30-homer, 100-RBI season before uh, in the past couple years. But the big thing for me is Oakland's offense is, uh, Oakland's offense is healthy. Matt Olson. Marcus Simeon, Ramon Laureano, Mark Canna, Chris Davis, none of them have had any COVID things. And I think, you know, with Trout being uncertain, I think that hurts everyone in the Angels offense. And if any, you know, Sano getting might hurt someone in the crew, uh, in the Twins offense, I think the entire A's offense is healthy. So he's going to have tons of protection around him. So my one pushback for Matt Chapman, I guess it'll be for both you guys, is are you concerned that they're going to be facing Justin Verlanders, the Zach Grankies, that they're going to be facing a lot of guys in the NLS like Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, that they'll face a lot of these really, really top-notch West pitchers and that that could hurt their offensive stats or his offensive stats? I think that absolutely could be a factor. I don't recall exactly what the sort of difference in the strength of schedule that the A's had in the sort of new reshuffled order versus what they were going to expect. But I don't recall that it was actually that much worse. Um, so I guess that's part of the reason why that didn't really factor into my thinking. But it's a good point. Well, I guess I, I shouldn't have made that point because for my pick is an AL West hitter. It's Anthony Rendon. Um, because nice. I, I don't know if, again, he, he's going to face the same competition. And for my reasoning, I think Trout missing, ultimately he's going to miss at least a few weeks because of the birth of his child in August. 
and I think that's going to hurt his chances to win MVP. So I think Anthony Rendon is going to pick up the slack for that offense. And if uh, he was a top three MVP candidate last year, and he's arguably in a better offense this year, surrounded by Shohei Otani, he's got Justin Upton, he's got uh, Mike Trout for you know for most of the year, and he's going to have a chance to accumulate a lot of RBIs, a lot of runs, a lot of counting stats. And if the Angels make it back to the playoffs, especially if Trout misses a good chunk of the year, misses, you know, 10 of the 60 games, I think he's the most logical MVP choice. He was also on my very short list. And and my runner up to my Joy Adamas was going to be uh, Otani. I would just like love it so much if Otani won this award, be, award just because it would mean that we got to see him both hitting and pitching probably. Right. I mean, people That's forget he's he can do both and he's good at both. It's just been so long since we've seen him. Yeah, but like he's got like a 97 mile an hour fastball and that like astonishing splitter. So, yeah. Oh, now, Alan, you got me hyped up for seeing him in a couple weeks. Oh, man. Uh, he, he's a dream. He's a dream. <laughs> and we get to see him like I know his first intra-squad outing did not go well, but just he hasn't pitched in forever. But he's a dream. Oh. Angels versus A's is going to be our MVP matchups besides Art. Yeah, Art's the outlier. I mean, last year I described myself as pansexual for the whole AL West, so <laughs> this is accurate. <laughs> well, let's move to our next one, and we're talking about the AL Cy Young. So these should be interesting. Hopefully uh, no one took mine. So Art, we'll start with you this time. Who does your AL Cy Young? I'm going to say Mike Clevenger is going to be the AL Did Cy Young. Did you read my voice. notes? No, I did not. I did not. Uh, I think Clevenger has an extra gear from what he had last year, and he's healthy going into the season. In a short stretch, he could be the best pitcher in all of baseball. I think Mike Clevenger wins the Cy Young Award this year, and I like Cleveland a lot. Do you like that his nickname is Sunshine? Just throwing it out there. Uh, I love I love nicknames. So Sunshine, I think Clev Dog is a great nickname for him. That's what we've been calling him, and I'm sure we're not the only ones. Clev Dog, Sunshine, like Sunshine from Remember the Titans. Is that why? Uh, I have no idea. Just go to his Twitter, and it's like Mike Sunshine Clevenger. Oh, oh, wow. I I, I bet it's Remember the Titans. Eric, who's your pick? So I was actually thinking Clevenger as well, and I'm glad I steered away. <laughs> I guess I have something with the name Chapman because I'm going to go roll this Chapman. Uh, The last two seasons, 37 and 32 saves. His strikeout per nine, 16.3 and 13.4. His ERA is 2.45, 2.21. He plays on a great team and will probably see a lot of save situations. And I think the hitters are going to have a disadvantage at first, especially seeing a fastball as hard as he can throw. There's no way that you can prepare for that. You know, pitchers right now are ramping up their arms, are probably throwing in the low to mid-90s. They're not going to be used to an upper 90 or triple-digit fastball. So I think he's going to have great success early in the season. Bold. That's that's a very bold take, Eric. Ellen, who's your pick? Well, hilariously, I had also picked Mike Clevenger. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. You can talk about Mike Clevenger. Well, I mean... It's I I also sort of feel like maybe I could just pick my 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 second choice because I 
I mean, there were like obviously a million people that I wanted to pick for everyone. I mean, <laughs> the thing to mention about Clevenger is just that he his pitch his pitch mix was always so great and adding a couple of miles an hour to his fastball last year just made it tremendously more effective and his slider had a 48.3 whiff percentage just woo that is exceptional um however uh in order to pick somebody else that is also not the obvious Garrett Cole choice um <laughs> i would love it to be charlie morton I love Charlie Morton. Both his results and his peripherals are so good. So his 3.05 ERA and 1.08 whip and 240 strikeouts were all in the top 10% last year. And he had a 30.4% K rate. And his his curveball got a 38.1% whiff rate. But he's got five pitches, four of which he uses over 10% of the time. So I, I love him. Like... And I feel like, yeah, Charlie Morton, go get it. <laughs> he seems to be getting better with age. Yeah. Like he's like a fine wine. Yes. That yes, should be his exactly. nickname. Uh, so I will ride the Mike Clevenger coattails just because I don't have a second one. I thought that I might be safe, but uh, I'm just going to put my statty G's on and read you guys a couple of these stats here. So let's start with the fact that he's going to play in one-third of his games versus the Royals and Tigers with the Pirates mixed in. So you have that. That could potentially be half his starts. Then this guy already has arguably the best swing and miss stuff in baseball when he's healthy. And in a 60-game season, I would definitely bet that he's going to stay healthy more than a normal season. He's got, as Ellen alluded to, he's got four great pitches that uh, start with that high 90s fastball. He has a great slider curveball changeup. And then, according to Baseball Savant, he's in the top 11% of all pitchers in baseball in exit velocity, XERA, XBA, XK percentage, XWOBA, XSlug, and whiff percentage. So this guy, I mean, I'm not even including, he was like top 25% in a couple more statistics. Like, this guy is just plain filthy when he's healthy. And if you're giving me 60 games... So less than half a season, and he's playing the Royals and Tigers in his division with a couple Pirates games. Like, I'm where do I sign up? Like, I'll be number one on the list. Just put my name down, mark it totally. down. Al on my Clevin. Sounds like we all were kind of on the same page. Yeah. Well, last year he went from a 12% sw- stringing strike rate the year before, which is above average, to 15.2%, which is Jacob Degrom. Mm-hmm. And like all of a sudden he's got this strength of schedule. That is one of the best in baseball, like much is being made about the twin strength of schedule with the revamped season. But Cleveland is right behind the twins mm-hmm. in terms of their, you know, their opponent projected winning percentage. Yeah, I, I mean, everything about this says he should be. So I think we'll all be kind of shocked if he isn't just with again, like you were alluding to Alan, his strength of schedule and on his stuff. I think the only thing that's going to hold him back is injury. And so I guess, you know, we'll see. Um, but that's going to lead us to our last category for the AL, and that's AL Rookie of the Year. We've got a limited pool to choose from. So, Eric, kick us off. Who is your pick for Rookie of the Year? All right. So it's Luis Robert. and I Why wanna... do you keep reading my notes? Well, I was going to start out by saying <laughs> this. There's not a lot of strong competition. We don't know if Joe Adele is going to have a roster spot or if Mike Trout is going to be playing. Jesus Lazardo got coronavirus. We don't know about Nick Madrigal, Nate Pearson. The White Sox signed him to a six-year, $50 million uh, deal in the offseason, so you know that he's going to play and have a role. 
And he's in a good offense. He's hitting with Edwin Encarnacion, Jose Abreu, Moncada, Eloy Jimenez. I mean, I think that's that's probably, you know, the the best surrounding staff for a rookie in the AL. I like your analysis, Eric. Oh, thanks, uh, David. Ellen, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I also picked Luis Robert, but I <laughs> will go ahead and pick Joe Adele because I'm rooting hard for everything to break right for the Angels this year, which that would just make this whole like dumpster fire of a year just less stinky and burned. Um, and I would say that's provided Mike Trout doesn't opt out, but I think I'd include that in things breaking right. Anyway, um, I I know that Joe Adele had a little bit of a step back at AAA, but I also know that like Ronald Acuna comps don't hurt. And mm. he was de- dealing with, I think, a hamstring injury for some of last year, which may have contributed. So he has 70 grade raw power and 60 grade speed. And his hit tool has improved a lot since he was drafted. So I can't freaking wait for Joe Adele. And I hope we see him this year. Yeah, I, I love that pick. Uh, I think you guys are both on the right track with hitters here. Art, I'm curious, are you going hitter or pitcher? I went pitcher. I I love Joe Adele. Um, I did not know if he was going to get enough plate appearances. So, but I I love him. He's he's he seems like a great guy too, leader in his communities, uh, a good good baseball role model. I went sounds with like the a White man crush. I have a big man crush on Joe Adele. I I'll, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. Me can't, too. <laughs> I'm not even sure if he could go in a bar yet, but I would buy him a beer when he can. Okay. <laughs> uh, I went with a, a different member of the White Sox. I went with Michael Kopech. Mm. I think that um, he's going to be on the staff, and if he uh, if the White Sox have a good season, it's going to be because be because unexpected pitchers show up and guys like him and guys like Dylan Cease um, show up and have good seasons. I think Kopech is ready to to come in and explode on the on the ALNL Central and he's going to win the uh, AL rookie of the year. Now, did any part of you wanting to pick him have to do with the fact that he's dating a former Disney Channel star? What? <laughs> oh, his, yeah, his are I think are they married? I, I think they're just dating. It was um I forgot what, we did a prospect battle and, and I we got talked us- about all the attractive girls Michael Kopech has dated. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, yeah. But he's dating. She was on. I forgot what Disney show she was on. But yeah, I think actually they're married. But it can't hurt into the evaluation. But that had that had nothing to do with it. It was White Sox <laughs> staff needs versus the fact that I have drafted Michael Kopech, and I have high hopes for him. This Very week. professional answer. I like it. <laughs> uh, yes, I picked Luis Robert as well. And the only I wanted to go pitcher, but I feel like rookie pitchers are going to be limited that you have the Nate Pierce and Mackenzie Gore situation where they probably will skip their first start just for service time reasons. And if you're only guaranteed probably at most 12 starts, and that's to say that's probably your top, they're already now getting at most 11. So I I was like, I don't think I can pick a rookie pitcher that's going to be held back, probably not be able to even pitch five innings. So I went Luis Robert, like Eric said, he signed a six-year deal. So he's going to be starting center field day one. He's coming off a 30-30 season last year in the minors. And he's going to be a good bat, in, or he's going to be a bat in a good lineup that's facing weak pitching uh, with the Royals, the Tigers, the Pirates. Um, I, I think he's got a good power-speed combo that has a good chance. If he were to have a 15-15 year, That I mean, that's easily going to give you rookie of the year, I think. So that's my guy. 
I, I actually think it is Luis Robert. I think he's come out and said, my name's Luis Robert. I like saying Robert more, so can you keep calling him? Uh, yeah, that, that's that's the Americanized name, Luis Robert. We're we're trying to provide it to his native tongue, Robert. <laughs> it's way more satisfying to say Robert, but I think it is Robert because mostly I remember that because I distinctly remember the heartbreak when I realized that it was pronounced Luis Robert and not Luis Robert. Oh, I, I feel like it's an out of body experience because that's probably exactly how I would have felt too. Uh, <laughs> Luis, all right, I'll have to get used to Luis Robert. Okay. Yeah, it's a Sounds strange one. You have to stop thinking as you're talking and just like it's, insert memory. It just sounds so plain, like Robert. <laughs> I have this problem with Alec Bohm, who's on my team, but like I just keep on saying bomb. I know oh, that it's Bohm. I know that it's Bohm, but I just keep on saying bomb. Thank goodness, Ellen, because I have him written somewhere and I was going to say bomb. So <laughs> it looks like bomb. It and like he hits bombs. And he and he hits bombs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not complaining. I'm just I'm just saying it's hard. It's hard sometimes. You could say bomb. Alec, boom hit a home run. Like you could make a sound effect with it or something. I oh. I mean I hope that they do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move to the National League and let's start with the National League MVP. Ellen, who are you starting off with for the MVP of the National League? I I mean I I think that any intelligent person would pick Christian Yelich, but I'm going to pick Catel Marte. Mm. And it has everything to do with the fact that I love, love Catel Marte and nothing to do with the fact that there are some other probable candidates that are in the NL East. So he was 10th in Baseball Reference War last year, and he was fourth in MVP voting. So this is not not completely absurd. And also, I love him. So last year's 329 batting average probably does have some helium in it, but he sustained his excellence for the entire season. Like everybody kept expecting him to fall off of a cliff, and he didn't. He batted 311 in the first half and then 358 in the second half. He hit 390 in September. His OPS was uh, 918 in the first half. And in the second half, it was 1081. And his expected batting average, which sort of, you know, takes into consideration the quality of contact, was still in the top 6% of the league. So, yes, the BABIP was high. But he also basically changed himself as a hitter. So I was a big believer in Marte last year from his very solid second half in 2018. But there was this Jeff Zimmerman piece um, in which he pointed out that Marte has a very consistent hard hit launch angle. So there's not a lot of variability in his swing when he's barreling the ball, which is good. So basically, it did more to convince me that he was legitimately as good as he seemed, um, because even if his Obviously, he had a 342 BABIP last year, and that is a huge career outlier. But if you look at him from August on in 2018, he also had a 315 BABIP. So it's possible that he just transformed himself into like naturally a higher BABIP hitter. And his power swing has a lot of consistency. So it's crazy. But who he was last year could be who he is now. But to be clear, I will love him even if it isn't. <laughs> I got to say, you definitely just sold me on him. I, he's going in the third round in a lot of drafts, and I, I'm the guy that's always 
I need to see it for another year before I invest that high of a pick in you. But like you said in, in Jeff Zimmerman's piece and in what you just articulated, it's it's it sounds like it's very sustainable. So it doesn't. So maybe it's not too expensive to get him that early in the draft. Um, how high would you go to to make sure you got him when you draft? Oh, I mean, if I can get him in the third round, I want to get him in the third round <laughs> because I feel like it's it's hard super early in the draft to. Um, really reach on people, I feel like that can uh, that can end up sort of messing you up for the season, I think. So I'm, I'm always trying to make sure that my early picks are pretty safe. But I do think that he's a very safe pick in the third round because you're not paying for his production last year. Mm-hmm. Like his production last year was a first rounder. So if you can get him in the third round, even if that seems sort of high for what you thought Cattell Marte was, I think that's a great price. I agree, especially again after everything you said. I I think he he sounds like he's legit, and they have a you know a good offense they're building there, and they're they're becoming they're a more competitive team. They have Bumgarner leading their staff. I, I think they'll be in uh, hopefully in in competition since it's sixty games, and uh, I think it's a great pick. Uh, Bumgarner, Schmumgarner, they have Zach Gallen. Yes. Oh, that's music to David's ears. <laughs> oh, I could leave I out my darling. Gallen. Um. All right, Art, you're not going next. Eric, I yeah. think Art, I think Art, you're gonna take mine, so you're going last. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. For me, it's it's Bryce Harper, and I know I've talked about him on other pods to um lead the league in home runs, but he usually starts off hot. Um, March slash April is when he has his highest batting average, and that's usually in the colder months. So keep in mind, the beginning of the season, we're gonna start in the summer. This is his second year into that big contract. But keep in mind, the coronavirus has happened, the negotiations with MLB, everything with the Astros. There is going to be no pressure on him. I think people are just going to be happy that there's baseball and that he's playing it. Mm. And he's won it before, and he's surrounded in a good lineup with Real Muto, Reese Hoskins, Segura, McCutcheon if he plays. So I am with the former national and current Philly, Bryce Harper. Oh my God, I love it so much. I just, in my Joy Adamas predictions, I was like, I should just leave out the Phillies because, like, obviously I would be super happy if, you know, it was like Aaron Nola wins the Cy Young, Bryce Hyper <laughs> wins the MVP. But yeah, I was trying for like slightly more nuanced analysis. I was going to guess that you were going to pick the NL Cy Young as Aaron Nola. I mean, he, oh, he, I he... guess I gave it away, didn't I? <laughs> Art, I'm going to. Take the next one because I am 90% sure you have who I have. And I have NL MVP as Nick Castellanos. <laughs> I, I, I kind of thought you were going to go there. It's a great pick. I didn't. I did not have that. that oh, was. wow. Okay. Great then, pick. Great pick. Okay. So last year, he scored 100 runs, hit 27 home runs, and had 58 doubles. In the 51 games he was with the Cubs, once he got out of that black hole in Detroit, he hit 321 with 16 homers and 36 RBIs, so that's in 51 games. He's in a good ballpark, which he's going to hopefully be protected by either Mike Moustakis or Genio Suarez. They're going to be around him in the lineup. The Reds, I think, they're my dark horse to be really competitive this year. They have a great starting staff with Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, and hopefully if Trevor Bauer is anywhere near what he was in 2018. They have a good bullpen, and I expect them to be in the center, like I said, of, of being right in there with the NL Central. And they we talked about it with the week the strength of schedule. I know they're not in the top five, but they I think they're in the top ten, and uh, they're gonna have be able to feast on these weak teams in the central. 
And to go a little bit more into advanced stats, he was the 16th best hitter in number of barreled balls last year, and he was the top 18% in XBA and XWOBA. And I'm not worried about his durability because he also has played in at least 150 games the last three seasons. My pick for NL MVP this year, I think that the uh, the thing that I, I try to remember is that these awards are about the narratives that the sports writers come with, up with about the season, which is why it's hard for people who are on the first year of new contracts, big contracts to win it. Uh, they like people who step up in their current situation and lead their team to unexpected things, which is kind of like the J.D. Martinez thing. And that's why I'm also going with Juan Soto as my <sighs> NL MVP this year. He is going to rake all season for Washington, and they're going to be very good after losing Anthony Rendon. That is the type of narrative that leads to an MVP for one Mr. Juan Soto. Juan Soto was my backup pick, was my runner-up. Yeah, yeah. I love him this year. That, that's a solid pick. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very uh, easy pick. I feel like it's not digging in as deep. But well, it, the NL is has super deep candidates. There's Mookie Betts. There's there's uh, there's Bellinger. Yelich, Yelich, Arenado. There's, Acuna. There's Acuna. Yeah. There's it's super deep. So I feel like any one of those people would be a good good choice this year. But uh, I I think you have to remember that narrative is what wins MVPs. Chris Bryant won the MVP because he was the best player. On when the Cubs had their charmed season, um, that so he won it. Uh, Mookie bets the same thing with the Red Sox. These these are these are narrative-driven awards, and I think I I love the narrative of Juan Soto stepping up to keep the Nationals at their level. Oh, I hope yeah. you're right. He just I think he doesn't rank quite as high in WAR because his defense is sort of like average to not not great, but. Obviously, like as an offensive contributor, he is outstanding. Like his WOBA was in the top 5% of the league last year at 394, but his expected WOBA was even higher, which is crazy at 407. So he's so dreamy. I love a man who can work a walk. (laughs) (laughs) He looks the best when he takes a pitch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love his little stare down going back and forth. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Stare downs. Okay. Let's move to the so my Skype doesn't keep being wonky. Let's move to the uh NL Cy Young. And I'm gonna have Eric, you start out with the for the NL Cy Young. Who do you think is taking that hardware home this year? Oh, come on, you guys already know. It's the guy I've talked up this entire offseason, Walker Bueller. David Price opted out, so that means there's one less pitcher in that rotation. I think there's pressure on the Dodgers to win this year. They're the favorite. They might lose Mookie Betts this offseason, and you know that, that means they would have given up Verdugo, Jeter, Downs uh, for nothing. So I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to win now, and that might have him go every three or four days. And he throws fast, and like I said, I think at the beginning, it's going to go advantage to the pitchers that throw fast because it's going to take time for the hitters to get acclimated to that speed. That's fair. I, I, I have heard him come out and say— that he is notoriously a slow starter directly from his mouth. Does that worry you at all? Um, no, because I, I think it's it's a narrative, and I know he started slow last year, 
But the Dodgers didn't have him pitch as many innings. They kind of had him build up his arm. But once again, I feel like especially with what came out with the Astros this offseason and the Dodgers feeling like they were cheated, this is their championship window now before they're going to have to sign Bellinger to an extension, Muncie, Walker Bueller. They have everybody now. They have a few more years of Kershaw. So I think they're just going to throw him out there, uh, however on many short days rest needed, because I think they want to get a top seed for that home field advantage and potential buy if there's expanded playoffs. Okay. Fair I enough. thought about Walker Bueller for this as well. And I mean, obviously he just has such a gorgeous pitch pitching mix, but I, that was sort of a question for me as to whether or not the Dodgers were going to just immediately be like, yeah, go up there and throw seven innings with him. And you know, the Dodgers are notorious for just letting, picking, piggybacking starters all the time and, and being really like wonky with their starters. So that I'm with you. That kind of scared me as well from wanting to pick any Dodger pitcher. That's fine. More Walker Bueller for me. (laughs) You just want to eat up all that Walker Bueller, don't you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Art, who is your pick? I have a hard time picking anyone but Jacob deGrom. He's just been the best pitcher in the National League. I'm going to go with him doing it again. He's had win bad luck for the past two seasons. A little bit of win good luck, and you're looking at Jacob deGrom being the best statistical picture with actually a good one loss record. We went we looked at it last season he had a 50 game stretch where he went 1 in 5, which is crazy. Jacob deGrom with an 8 and 1 season this year and the Mets are decent. But Jacob DeGrom, I think, is going to win his third straight Cy Young Award. Ellen, who'd you pick? I mean, Jacob DeGrom feels like, again, perhaps the most intelligent choice uh, because, you know, there's some things about him that are so absolutely consistent, like between 2018 and 2019, his innings, his walk walk rate, his strikeout rate, and of course, as mentioned, like his run support. Um, But what was interesting to me is that I think some of his higher ERA in 2019 is directly attributable to the super bouncy fun ball. Um, Like you can see a jump in his home run to fly ball. Um, But he actually added velocity to his pitches across the board, which is just insane. Anyway, I'm not picking Jacob deGrom. I just do love him, and I wanted to talk about him for one oh, second. Oh, you threw us a curveball. Um, <laughs> yes. Nah, I threw you a slider because <laughs> I am picking Max Scherzer because I love him. Wow. I know he quite obviously struggled with his back and his shoulder injuries last year, but last year he was perhaps the best pitcher in baseball on a per-inning basis, and I feel like if we're talking about – 12 starts if anybody is going to give it all he's got it is Scherzer and the fact that he's already been ramping up in the like secret sandlot games in Palm Beach along with Verlander and Goldie and Stanton means I think that he's going to be ready to go physically like emotionally you know he's already ready he's like prowling his house like a caged lion (laughs) I remarked last postseason that the only thing I love more than wa- watching Max Scherzer pace in the dugout like an excited beast is watching him locate five devastating pitches like an exciting excited beast. Although, in fairness, that cutter isn't really devastating. But that slider, though. Whew. Eric, Eric what was that gif that you uh, 
Was it a gif of Max Scherzer that you pulled up that one time? Oh, I sent it was like a a gif of him mouthing something and he's like, I'm gonna get you bleeping out, you bleeping MFR. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. If 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 I find it I'll have to send it to you. But you just look at oh, that please. and you're like, Wow, this is intimidating. I would I wouldn't even want to swing. <laughs> oh, he's the best. Uh, he, he throws the first pitch inside to get you even more scared. So wait, so Ellen, so when he pitches against the Phillies, what are your emotions like that game? Oh, like, I mean, I am afraid for the Phillies and I want them <laughs> to win. Yeah. I, I mean, this is why I have constructed a complex flowchart of baseball allegiances so that even though I can love many different players and many different teams, it's always very clear to me, like, who I actually want to win in the end. No, I like that. It's I feel like that I get turned all the way around with who I like in fantasy and real life and everything that I, I probably that's a good idea. I need to make one of those. Oh, yeah. Definitely recommend the complex flowchart. <laughs> I found I found the gift. He says, you're effing mine, you effing BMFer. <laughs> Love it. Ah, oh, Max He's Scherzer. Such a bulldog. Um, uh, bulldog. Art, you uh, you hit it on the head. I I'm not gonna add too much. Jacob Degrom was mine. Uh, in a season where wins might not matter as much because of a shortened season, they'll probably look more at statistics other than wins. Uh, I feel like he benefits the most because he has incredible ratios every year. Easy safe pick. He's won the last two Cy Youngs. I don't think a need to throw any more stats out there. I think he's just gonna be really good if, if they give him any type of offense he's gonna stack up wins so easy pick for me um but any of these picks i obviously these are three of the top pitchers in the national league so i don't think we'd be shocked if any of them won so with that let's move to something that have, might have a little bit more variety and let's move to the uh national league rookie of the year so i think i'm starting art with this one art who's the national league rookie of the year I picked Mackenzie Gore. <laughs> I think that the Padres need a pitcher. Uh, they need a staff, and I think they're going to bring him up after a week. And he's really good. He's ready to be in the majors, and they need him. And I, you know, as I said, this is a narrative award. Him coming in as the best pitcher on our rejuvenated Padres team, uh, or second best pitcher. You know, they, I think Mackenzie Gore is is my rookie of the year for the national league. I mean, you know, um, I, I love me some McKenzie. We go way back. We played in the sandbox together when we were kids, <laughs> but are you not so, worried? So, so if I asked him this, he would confirm a hundred percent. I mean, uh, maybe I'll just have to tweet him right now. He, he just has to respond to you, which isn't going to happen. <laughs> so you have to take my word for it. But so my one concern would be, are you again, kind of taking it back from talking about the American league? Are you worried that they, one might be concerned about not giving him wins and building him up enough to where he'll qualify. And two, are you concerned that he'll get enough starts to where he could win the award? I, I think he's going to be the, the one of those uh, dominant run rookie of the years where he, his stats are not quite as, as voluminous as some other rookies, but they're so much more impressive. Kind of like when, uh, Jose Fernandez beat out Yasiel Puig when Puig had that great rookie year, but Jose uh, Jose Fernandez was was just dominant over a, a short stretch of start, so they gave it to him. Um, I think it's the same type of thing with Gore. He's going to be dominant over a short stretch. Okay, fair enough, Eric. Or I'm sorry, I'll start with Ellen next, and then go Eric. Ellen, who does your pick? Okay. Um. 
So I'm going to pick somebody else other than Mackenzie Gore, <laughs> <laughs> even though I sort of thought maybe I was going to pick Mackenzie Gore. I mean, he has like a 70 grade leg kick. Let's be real. <laughs> yes. Um, But OK, guess who still has their rookie eligibility and would be the ultimate Cinderella story? Mitch Keller. Oh, great oh. call. Oh, he Mitch is, Keller. Love it. Yes. Such a trendy breakout pick that I, I may not be deeply going out on a limb to say this, but his 3.19 FIP was massively better than his 7.13 ERA last year. And his expected uh, Wobo was 314, which is slightly better than league average in contrast to his very bad 392 actual Woba against. So it seems like a lot of the issue was having uh, the historic 475 BABIP. Um, to be clear, the worst BABIP recorded for a minimum of 200 batters previously was 432. Wow. And even amidst all of that, his slider got a 47.8 whiff percentage, which is just insanely good. And apparently he's been working with a rep Soto this summer to improve his spin efficiency on his fastball. And everybody's excited that the Pirates have a new pitching coach in Oscar Marin, since it seems like uh, Ray Searage was no longer working out so well. And I feel like he could be their opening day starter, potentially. You know, but certainly he will be obviously like up with the club from day one. And so that those sort of like extra starts or innings might end up making a difference. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree. Ahead. And and when we did the prospect battles, he was the person I that I had. And um, Oscar Marin's a very analytical pitching coach. Uh, he he was he went through the Mariners organization. Um, and I think that's what a young pitcher wants. So. I think that's a great rookie of the year pick. And it would be just like it's such a wonderful narrative as well. Like it's such a rags to riches. Only it's ERA <laughs> kind of a story. Uh, Art, who's your pick? Do you want oh, Art I, to go again? No, I went, it's, your, it's your pick now. I just didn't want Eric to talk. <laughs> Bad hosting. Go All right. My, my pick is Gavin Lux. And for me, I like that he already made his debut. I think he got the nerves out a little bit. Um, he's going to hit in a good lineup with Mookie Betts, Bellinger, Muncie, Justin Turner, etc. I know he didn't have any stolen bases last year, but he has good speed. And I think in this short season, you're going to see aggressive game plans from hitters and pitchers and managers. I think every game matters. And if if that means him getting a single and trying to steal and get in scoring position, I think you're going to see a lot more of that. He hit 392 in AAA last year, and he actually ended the season well. He hit safely in seven of his last 11 games. So I'm kind of looking for him to ride that momentum into this season. That's a safe pick. That's like when you get tucked into bed at night and they, they put the covers up extra tight. That, that's a safe one, Eric. Yeah, that, because, you know, he's going to go into second a lot, and the ump's going to call him safe. So, <laughs> you know. All right, well. A little, little play on I words mean, there. Is it safe, though? Is he going to be platooned? I mean, last year he hit .083 versus lefties. That, that's a very good point. I think that his prospect pedigree is so high. I feel like they're going to give him every opportunity. And, and if you look at a lot of the players they platoon with, I feel like a lot of them play more in the outfield. So I, I feel like that with his pos prospect pedigree, it's a shortened season. I think they want to give him more exposure 
uh, this year. I, I, at least to me, I feel like he's going to get every chance to be successful. Um, but I do know that um, uh, Dave, uh, I can't even think of his name. Uh, Dave totally, Roberts. Thank you. Dave Roberts has come out and said the players that are going to play best are going to play. So I guess that's I, not. I mean, I, I, I disagree with you. I think that the Dodgers are going to Dodger. And they have, yeah. I think they have Kike Hernandez. They have Corey Seager. They have, they have uh, Max Muncy playing second base too. Uh, when they, they, they have a lot of guys. They move them all over the place. The Dodgers are going to Dodger. Listen to Al Melchior's podcast. They say it every every introduction. <laughs> Dodgers going to Dodger, and that, <laughs> that 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 is that is the rule of the Dodgers. And you just gotta you just gotta know your when you're going in that they're going to Dodger. Yeah, but keep in mind this year that they have a DH. So rather than having the pitcher spot, they're going to have an additional batter. And so I think some some time where he might have platooned, he's going to get more starts. You know, maybe start every five out of six games. I don't think they're going to bench him necessarily every time they're playing a lefty. Yeah, I mean... That's an excellent point. Is it, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't Max Muncy, they're supposed to be their first baseman, penciled in like every day? Except for if Matt Beatty comes in occasionally, but isn't starting first baseman Max Muncy this year? I, I'd have I to look so. at their roster. Yeah, I'd have to look at their roster resources. But I, know, I, I mean... Muncy plays second base. He's quali- He's qualified at second base. The guy Clay comes in and plays first base. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think Matt Beatty's going to make much of a difference. But I mean, they like. They like to play Kike Hernandez as well. I mean, they they have a lot of players they like to get out there. That's well, all they, I'm saying. Roster Resource has Max Muncy at first. Yes. Right. He, Gavin Lux played 23 games last year, and he started 20 of them. So. Okay. I think in his second year he's going to get more opportunity. Just my opinion, but you know we won't know till we see the season. It's a lot of Dodger talk. You would think we're Dodgers fans. Uh, my pick for NL Rookie of the Year, and I, I don't like saying his name like this now, Alec Bohm. Yes. Oh God, I feel so dirty. <laughs> uh, we so just say it wrong. <laughs> it, the bomb man. Like, they should see if his name was bomb, they could call him the bomber man or something like that. Like that would be so cool. But I would love if he had a bad outing, like the the headline of the paper to be like he got bombed. But he's a, a hitter, not a pitcher. <laughs> Do your research. Oh man. <laughs> uh, so okay, so he's they have the DH now in the National League, which is going to help slide Jay Bruce to a permanent DH role as long as he's performing. If he's not performing, then that role can open up for somebody else. Um, I don't know too much about Adam Hazley, but from the little I do know, it doesn't sound like he's ultra impressive, at least to this point. I know Gene Segura and Didi got the middle infield locked up. Scott Kingery is going to play a little bit of everywhere. Um, and but right now he also has a bad case of COVID, and he might not even start the year. So I feel like uh, if he's not starting here, that third base job can be Bones. And he hit 305 with 21 homers, uh, and he played half his games in A last year. And so I just feel like that boom goes boom. Nice. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it so much. Thanks for the Phillies picks, you guys. There had to I be mean, one. Yeah, 
Well, there, there were two, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And neither of them came from me. The <laughs> facts about Bohm, I don't know about him getting the third base job, which currently is, I guess, was going to be Segura's because they were going to slot Kingery in every day at second. But really, the questions about Bohm and why he wasn't necessarily going to be up at the start of the season had a lot to do with his defense. So I actually feel like he could end up being playing some games at third and some games at DH, like potentially platooning with Jay Bruce. So he could still end up being an everyday player. I don't know that he necessarily ends up being the everyday third baseman, but I love the pick. So do you think if Kingery is not ready to start the year, let's say he's out for the first seven games, who does Bohm start those first seven games? Is he in the lineup? Well, gosh, I mean, I sure hope so. I think that the... The question, of course, is whether or not the Phillies try to do any sort of service time manipulation and Mm. not bring him up for the first seven games. The thing that I do understand, I think, about Kingery's case, and maybe I'm wrong, is that he previously had COVID. I mean, and he is feeling better now. So I don't know if it's a for sure thing that he will not be ready for opening day. Uh, But I would certainly hope that in the case that he were not, that the Phillies would just suck it up and bring Bohm up from the start of the season because, you know, they've made a lot of investments in this team to consider that this is their window. And so any amount of them not just being like, well, at least let's go for it with the guys that we've got for this season, it's going to be very disappointing. But we've seen that billionaires can continually disappoint us. So... (laughs) That's true. I, I, I'm I'm wondering if there's any part of them when your division rival wins a World Series, if any's like we're all in next year. Like we don't we don't care about anything else. Like we want to we don't want to see that again and it like gives you that extra fire. Do you think that there's any sense of that from them? I don't think so. And I don't think so because I think that they really needed two starters over the off season and they only got one. And I mean, I'm very, very happy about the acquisition of Zach Wheeler. I think it is smart. I am very excited, but they needed to get somebody else. And I'm not like saying that they should have gotten another sort of front end rotation guy. Like they should have gotten, you know, Alex Wood or Ulysse Chassin or like somebody because their bullpen is is a gaping hole. And so I really feel like their best hope if they didn't want to spend on relievers, which they were very clear that they were not wanting to spend on relievers having been burned in the past, um, would be to shift Nick Pavetta and Vince Velasquez to the bullpen from the start, not sort of play around with them about like, are you guys going to be in the rotation or not? just be like, you guys are going to be in the bullpen. They could adjust to that mentally. So they were, the Phillies organization instead was very reticent to go over the luxury tax in this past off season. So to me that, that did not speak to um, all in mode, even though perhaps they should be. Where's Cliff Lee when you need him? Oh my God. I mean, he's looking at me right now. You know what's funny? I, I have I have on, a, I have a portrait of Cliff Lee in my living room. That is not a joke. I looked him oh up on gosh, Wikipedia like a month or two ago. I think he lives in like some random city in Arkansas. I oh. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know, despite that, like, amount of love of Cliff Lee that, like, I have a portrait of him. It's like it's slightly <laughs> a joke. I have a portrait of Cliff Lee and Eric has a portrait of his cooking show girlfriend, which is Gail Simmons. Um, and they <laughs> were on it. a wall amidst other like original art. Uh, yes. Despite that, I like don't Google Cliff Lee to know his whereabouts. So I believe you and <laughs> I applaud your research. Does Cliff Lee have any social media? I feel like I've tried to like see. Yeah, if... I don't think he does. Oh, he just he lives does a not very strike cool... as a social media guy. Yeah, right. You're right. Um, well, that was a great discussion. I love the uh, Phillies talk at the end. The one last thing before we move to our question of the week, Ellen, do you feel like if Nick Pavetta got moved to the closer role, he could be like the next Wade Davis? Um. Vintage Wade Davis, not like. Okay, yeah, I was like, well, yes, maybe. Uh, that <laughs> Good clarification. Like a accurate comp to me. Oh gosh, um, I would feel more secure with Vince Velasquez in that role. I mean, obviously the possibility exists, but I think Pavetta is very volatile, even in relief. So he was in relief for a while last year. And I think he even saved a game or two and was really fired up and it was great to see, but he's just was very inconsistent. And I think that his, his walk rate in 2018 that got us all very excited. And I was definitely like driving that bandwagon, um, which is not to overstate my influence merely to say I was like all in on Nick Pavetta. I, that was a mirage. Like, I don't think that his control is actually that good. So that is what would concern me if he were the closer. On the other hand, I mean, you can, you can blow a game from any inning. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, and I do, I like, I am, I'm definitely rooting for him because uh, th- like his raw stuff is so good. It's just his, it's sort of the command and control. I think that he struggles with. Agreed. I, I their bullpen. I'm not even a fan. Of it. It's frustrating to me. Cause I'm like, you got Sir Anthony Dominguez and he did well. And then he kind of faltered and has had injuries. And then you've got guys like Pavetta who have such great stuff and you're not sure if they have the control. And then you have guys, like you said, like Vince Velasquez who has so much potential. And then I've, I've never been a Hector Neris fan. I, I don't think he's someone that's going to be, I, I would even imagine within the next year or two, I feel like it'll be someone else. Um, yeah, someone else. I don't, I don't know. I mean, the thing, the thing about Neris is that it's really all about his his splitter, and so when it's working really well, then he is incredibly dominant. But sometimes it can kind of flatten out and go a little bit more horizontal, and then all of a sudden, like it's his, it's his dominant pitch. He uses it like. 60% of the time. So if it's a night where it's just not quite working, then he is not quite working. So, I mean, I, uh, again, I'm rooting for him, but <laughs> yeah, he's, it's, it's a little, it's a little scary when he's like the best that we've got. Well, I, I think it'll be an interesting season. All this Philly talk, I'm like getting really pumped for games in, in two weeks. So let's, Take put a, a pin in that and let's go to our question of the week. And for our question of the week, which mascot is the best in the game right now? And don't do what I accidentally sent over the script to Ellen and said, which mascot is the game? 
but which actually <laughs> which mascot is the best in the game right now? Actually, what you wrote, I think, is which mascot is America? Is that what I wrote? <laughs> which I was like, I have an answer for that. <laughs> wow, I, I didn't even know I was that creative. David, what were you drinking the other night? I don't know. Apparently something I shouldn't drink again. But, uh, Ellen, let's start with you. So, which mascot do you think is the best in baseball right now? I mean, thank you so much for creating this question so that I could indisputably talk about the Phillies without even having any accusations of homerism leveled at me. Because it is obviously the Philly fanatic. Like there is there is no other choice. The Philly fanatic is clearly the best mascot in baseball. The way that he sort of manipulates his belly uh, to to dance and the way that he pours popcorn on people and the way that he pranks people it, the Philly fanatic is absolutely the best and like I I know that this is a general opinion and it's not just because like some of my earliest toys that I still have are like stuffed Philly fanatics is he's, he's just the best I feel like we're gonna no one else put the Philly fanatic right no what Okay, I feel like we're going to have some interesting bounce back for this. What? Eric, which one did you put? Oh, my God. So I put Slugger. And that's not just me being excited. It's spelled S-L-U-2-G-S-E-R-R-R. He is the lion. He is the mascot for the Kansas City Royals. Ellen, I'm going to top you with the Philly fanatic throwing popcorn. Slugger got sued in 2010 for firing a hot dog into a man's eye. <laughs> he claimed he had, he suffered a significant eye injury and actually took them to court. And for me, I was like, wow. I watched the video. I'm like, he looks really interactive. That's what a mascot should do. It's so interactive. He's taking him out of the stadium and suing him. Can't top I, that, in my opinion. I feel like, okay, so two things. Number one, I feel like that is not a reason to be a best mascot, that it's a reason to be a worst mascot. And number two, my overriding issue with Slugger has always been the way that the crown like strangely morphs <laughs> into his head. It is it's very weird. disturbing. Like it doesn't I understand that it's supposed to be a crown, but it instead it just sort of looks like he's some sort of weird octopus like lion hybrid creature. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it, sorry, but like not a good pick. That I, that is that well the, the crown is a little weird. I will say it's best if you weren't the guy that got hit in the eye and you were able to witness that. Because that's just an additional form of entertainment at a baseball game. I wonder if they, what if they were actors and they planned that out as like a skit? You know how like they sometimes act like something happened, but it behind they were like, oh, here's your ten bucks. The Royals are the WWE of uh, MLB. There you go. As uh, the actor on this podcast, I have to say, <laughs> if I got hit in the eye with a hot dog, it would hurt for real. That, okay, I guess I can't argue that. It's what if wrapped, it was, in the, wrapped in the foil as well. This is my campaign. It's like it. I hate those Chevy commercials where they're like not, like real people, not actors. And I'm like, what are you saying? Are you saying the actors are real people? <laughs> <laughs> those, oh, I hate those, those commercials. Those commercials bother me too. I don't. I mean, I'm not an actor, but I I can I get that frustration. I can I can feel it from you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Art, who did you pick? I mean. The only one that comes to my head is Philly Fanatic, 
So I mean, oh. Philly Fanatic is the one that everyone knows. You don't even have to be a baseball fan, and you know who the Philly Fanatic is. There's a butt coming, isn't there? I wanted to shout out the uh, the presidents running in the race at the at the DC ballpark. That's one of my favorite things in baseball, the the president race. And it's Teddy who never wins. Is that right? He, did he wins won. now. He wins now. Well, there was for the longest time there was a campaign to get Teddy to win the president's race. Uh, I I I have a I think there's a really cool president costumes as well. So I'll shout them out. I mean, the Philly fanatic is it's it's the best. It's the only one that everybody knows and everyone loves. Uh, Slugger, I had never heard of him until you told me he shot a hot dog in someone's eye. Philly fanatic is the right choice. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I'm going to have to disagree with every single person on this podcast because the right choice for the mascot, not the Philly fanatic, it's not Slugger, it's not the president's, it's Lucille of the San Francisco oh, Giants. I, I was that was a close second. And me. if you if you don't know what he looks like, Lucille's pretty good. Yeah, he's. I mean, first it's cool because his name is like a Lucille. It's like an actual like playoff at a real name, but like. It's fantastic because he has a backwards hat. He's got orange glasses. He's got bent whiskers, which like my mom did with like our pets growing up. It's like bent whiskers all over the place. I mean, how can you not like this mascot? Like this guy just he just screams like he walks into the stadium. I would be like smiling ear to ear if I saw him. Lucille is thick. That is my uh... T-H-I-C-C thick. Yeah, T-H-I-C-C-C thick. I yeah. I think I think that is an acceptable choice. I mean, I don't agree. You are wrong, <laughs> but like acceptably wrong. <laughs> we can to Slugger is like unacceptably wrong. <laughs> I think Slugger's getting kicked out of the top list. Do, did you know the person that got hit in the eye with this? What did so much hate against Slugger? <laughs> oh no, actually no. I didn't I didn't know about the incident at all. No, my distaste for Slugger has always been this sort of like crown morphing into his head. It feels like just sort of scary to me <laughs> and like was this it, it feels to me like something that would happen in greek mythology like the lion got so taken by the idea of the crown that the gods were like yes now we will mold the crown to your head and the lion was like that's great and then what the lion didn't know is that he would never <laughs> be able to sleep again like that's what it seems like to me that's why I don't like Slugger. I can oh never look God. at Slugger again now the same way. I'll say you, that. You're making me like Slugger now when you talk like that. <laughs> I mean, I can spin a good fake myth. I'm, I'm not the daughter of a folklorist for nothing. <laughs> uh, on that note, let's move to our last segment, our game of the week. Oh, man. I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> well... So- Art, Art's the only one who knows is Art's hosting this week, so we're all going into this blind. Art, what, what do we got on the docket? Don't be afraid. This week we are playing the nickname game. That's right. It is like other games we have played on this show, but this time it's about nicknames. This is going to be a Price is Right style game where each person gets a guess each round, but the guess rotates from one person to the next. You can guess what the person guessed before you because... What I'm going to do is give you a nickname and you guess who the player is. <laughs> the first round, this is going to be a two-round game with a final question. Oh, yes. That's the cherry on top today, people. The first round is, order is David, Eric, Ellen. 
Uh, David, you would pick a pitcher or a hitter, and I would give you a pitcher or a hitter's nickname, and then you guess, then Eric, then Ellen. Then it just goes around for two rounds each, and then there's a second round of a special category. All right. Get a lot of words. I'm ready. All right. Are are these current players or? Current players, and they're all basically top 100 uh, uh, fantasy players. So we have David and Eric, the brothers, and we have Ellen and Ellen. I dare you to beat them. Oh, well, oh. David will, well, well, David will come in last or not no. win. So oh, the no, 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 only no. games that I ever win at are Balderdash and Drawful. That's <laughs> a, a game on Jackbox. Like I win at no other games in life. So, well, this one is a complete guessing game. So I feel like you got a good shot. Okay. Uh, so if it makes you feel better. I lose almost every week so that you'll probably Yay! Beat me. <laughs> music to my ears. All right, so we're going to start with David. David, would you like to take a hitter or a pitcher? I'm a pitcher guy through and through. Let's go pitcher. Okay. Your pitcher's nickname is Blue Eye. Is that Max Scherzer? Eric? Max Scherzer. Ellen? It has to be Max Scherzer. It is Max Scherzer. All right, one, one point each. Uh, Eric, would you like to take a hitter or a pitcher? I'll go hitter. The Millville Meteor. The what? what? The Millville Meteor. 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 The Millville Meteor. Girl, <laughs> still like, who is that? Um, Eric. I'm gonna go Freddie Freeman, but I feel like that's wrong. Ellen. Um. How, can you spell Millville for me? Is that like the town? Yes, Millville. M I L L B I L L E. Millville. The Millville Meteor. I'm going to guess Mike Trout. Oh, I actually think that's who it is, too. David? If I would help if I knew where Millville was. I think it's in uh, New Jersey. I think they're trying to throw me off. Uh, I'm going to go with someone has it's a meteor maybe they're like fast i'm gonna say ronald acuna it is mike trout oh no i knew jersey y'all what oh that's where it is too oh my god trout's on that nickname right after i guessed freddie freeman i was like that's mike trout that's mike trout (laughs) i didn't want to like ride ellen to just to victory and just like take her answer so like (laughs) Hey, that's this game. You guys all picked the same answer first time around. That's Ellen, true. would you take a hitter or a pitcher? I'm going to take a pitcher. This pitcher's nickname is The Professor. Oh. Oh, I feel like I actually know this. Uh... <sighs> No, I don't. I don't. Uh, oh gosh. I'm sorry. I, I I will just guess somebody. I'm just gonna guess Sean Doolittle. I don't think it's him, but I'm just gonna guess. guess Sean Doolittle. David. I 100% know the answer. So can you go to Eric first? No, you're next. <laughs> He's gonna write. Okay, it's Kyle Hendricks. Eric. Uh, I'm, oh. gonna, I'm gonna go Kyle Hendricks because David's so confident. <laughs> it is Kyle Hendricks. We are two, uh, two apiece for, for all three of you. And uh, David, you pick pitcher or hitter. Thanks, always, Boo. 
I shouldn't have said that because you might have not believed me. All right, I'll go. I'm always pitcher. Uncle Charlie. I'm assuming it's Charlie Morton. Eric? Uh, as much as I want to say Charlie Morton, I'm going to go Clayton Kershaw. I also, I'm pretty sure it's Charlie Morton. And what a great nickname for Charlie Morton. Yes. Uncle Charlie, seriously. I, I, I mean, I, that was easy, but I wanted that to be said. Uncle Charlie, that's uh, what his, that's what his teammates call him. Hey, hey Art, who's in last place? Uh, right now, it's Eric. Eric, <laughs> who's in, who's in last place in life? David. <laughs> Eric, pitcher or hitter? Uh, let me go hitter again. Chuck Nasty. I know I've heard this nickname before. I'm Chuck Nasty. Chuck Nasty. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna say Joey Votto, but I know that's wrong. I just I I had to give an answer. Ellen. It's Charlie Blackman. Oh David. Uh, I'm gonna go Charlie Blackman. It's Chuck like his Twitter Nasty. handle or something. I think. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's I, uh, I I got off baseball reference. I was like, well, he has confidence. So I like that. <laughs> uh, Ellen, your turn. Pitcher or hitter? I will. I'll take a hitter this time. Raffy Big Stick. Oh, um, is it Raphael Devers? That's David. That's what, I, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I feel Eric. like it's. I feel like it's got to be Devers. That's correct. Raffy Big Stick. Woo. I thought it might throw you. Uh, so we are moving into the next round. This is a, a a grouping of players, and I want you to just concentrate on who they are. Uh, so we will we will do this. There are one, two, three. There are five. So we're just gonna, and then we're gonna have the final question. Um, the first player, and I guess who started Ellen, David, you're first, the first player is El Gualo. As like these a nickname? All, these are all starting pitchers, by the way. El, El Gualo. Guado or Gualo? El Gualo. Oh my God. And they're, are they current? Yes. Oh my God. Uh, I mean, I... <laughs> I, this is wrong, but the only G pitcher that comes to my mind that could be maybe Zach Gallon, I don't know. Eric? Uh, well, I feel like El Gualo has to be a Hispanic or Dominican pitcher. Uh, and I will go with my boy, Jose Barrios. Ellen, El Gualo. I think I actually remember this from, from Players Weekend. I think it's... Eduardo Rodriguez. Ding, 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 ding. Oh. Ellen, you said you weren't good at other games. Now you're I, beating I, I am very <laughs> astonished. I feel like I'm slumdog millionaireing this, basically. Like, <laughs> you're just <laughs> asking me things that I just happen to know. There are no numbers involved, which is great, because I'm very bad at like remembering <laughs> specific numbers. I can remember like ballpark numbers, but 
not specific ones, but words. That's the that's my jam. <laughs> well, as long as as long as you beat David, the podcast will be happy. Uh, Eric, you start this next round. <laughs> <laughs> Mason Saunders. Uh, and this is a pitcher. That's right, Mason Saunders. Um, Madison Bumgarner. Ellen. It's Madison Bumgarner. That's his rodeo name. Oh, you didn't. Oh, I didn't want to give it away for David. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna go Madison Bumgarner. That's right. Three. Madison I think Bumgarner, he probably huh? could have put it together anyway. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, remember, remember these players as well. Uh, because they're not all that hard. Uh, how about this one? Supernova. Ellen, you start. Um, I mean, is that Ivan Nova? David? That would have been my guess, too. <laughs> it is Ivan Nova. All right, so that's all three guesses. That's right, Ivan Nova, Supernova. You guys are killing this round. Okay. Yeah, he's a uh, big joke on Reddit. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. <laughs> that 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 seems about right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, David, you start this round, and this one is going to be Bauer outage. Oh God, it, it definitely can't be the guy that throws balls in the center field, <laughs> Trevor Bauer. Eric. Well, it can't be the guy that gets into Twitter wars with Aubrey Huff, so uh, it's got to be Trevor Bauer. Ellen. I can't be the guy who bodies Kurt Schilling on Twitter, so it's got to be Trevor Bauer. <laughs> Bauer outage is Trevor Bauer. We should get an extra point for those funny answers. That was, I, I mean, I mean, it's awesome. Uh, he's also a cyber bullier. It's he's true. a cyber bully. Take take her downer. He's mm-hmm. he's a, he's a baseball hero. Uh, <laughs> Eric, not, I think you're not if you're a not if you're a college girl. He blackmails you. Oh no! Oh, that's well. That's I did not. Remember that he's story. A, okay. He's a complex lad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very well put. All right, Eric, this last one. JV. Justin Verlander. Ellen? Justin Verlander. David. Justin Verlander. Kate Upton's, Kate Upton's boyfriend. <laughs> there is another pitcher who fits in this category who doesn't have a nickname. That is one Aaron Nola. And why no nicknames for Mr. Nola? Uh, he I has thought... a nickname from me. What is that? Well, I mean, I... So his nickname historically for me has been Supernola. Um, mm. Yeah, which sort of feels like a Supernova play. Um, but when we on Take Me Into the Ball Game, that's my podcast, when we learned that the lesser known nickname for... Uh, Lou Gehrig was biscuit pants in reference to the way that he filled out his trousers. I <laughs> decreed that I would call favorite players biscuit pants from now on. And since Aaron Nola is my favorite player in the whole world, I call him biscuit pants. So when I say biscuit pants, my husband, Eric, knows that I mean Aaron Nola. However, this is it's a constituency of one, really, that calls Aaron Nola biscuit pants. I, right. I thought I thought jazz. Nola. Okay. Yeah. And then I thought he's from Baton Rouge, actually, which means red stick. So maybe just call him Stick. I don't know. No, you can't replace biscuit pans. I know it's it's not. I mean, 
I, I mean, it, stick's pretty good, though. <laughs> I thought for 20 minutes and got stick, okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, I... I have had a sign uh, that I've taken to to many games that says Aaron Nola should have a superhero named after him. Oh, I love that. Yes. So, I mean, and and that's sort of adjacent to my my Super Nola idea, which it's it's it feels like low hanging fruit. He deserves better. That's awesome. And oh. it is what I said to him when when I when I met him. I was like, I have the sign that. Aaron Nola should have a superhero named after him. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, like, what did it be? I'm like, I don't know, like, Super Nola? That was me. That was actually how my voice sounded. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, are, I'm, like, so are, blushing remembering what a dweeb I was. Yeah. So, uh, fanhood. The, oh, so, I think, so there is one, one final part of this game. It uh-huh. is David has nine. Eric has seven. Ellen, you have ten. What? So you are winning right now, and there is one final part. Uh-oh. That last grouping, including one Supernola. No. Right for the league lead in what category? Ellen, you start. I'm sorry. I'm not sure I quite understand the parameters of the question. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. The, the, the last five pitchers plus Aaron Nola that I listed. The ones where you guys were knocking them out of the park. They tied for the league lead, major league lead, in what statistical category? Now, do you remember the pitchers? Madison, um, Connor, Trevor Bauer. Trevor Ed Bauer. Rod- Eduardo Rodriguez. Eduardo Rodriguez. Justin Verlander. Aaron Nola. In what year? Last Last season. Wow, this is gonna be. I have, I have a guess. I'm glad oh I'm going God. last. I I don't. I'm I'm gonna forfeit my win. I'm just like the lion who said, "Weld the clown the crown to my head," and now I'm hoisted <laughs> by my own petard. Um, a slugger reference. Uh, yes. Uh, gosh. I don't know any any of my any of my choices. I'm just like, well, that's not right. <laughs> Art, is this uh, only worth one point? This is worth one point. Uh, okay. So if Eric and I don't even get it, then Alan will still win. Eric, I, right. I don't know, it, like innings. David, that's a good guess. I, I don't think you're gonna go into like the advanced metric stats because then you would know none of us would get it because we don't know that top of our heads. Um, so it has, has to be like it's not wins, I don't think. No, it, no it's definitely not wins. Uh, not. I, I'm gonna say they all had the same whip. Mm. I'm gonna say they all hit the most batters. <laughs> They all tied for the major league lead with 34 games started last year. Oh. So, Ellen, you beat, you win the game. And David, you lose again. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> the crowd goes wild. Yay! 
I, but I came in second, so I, I didn't technically lose. You're the first loser. Oh, I never <laughs> was going to say that. That's not Ellen. actually at all how I feel about life. I feel like everybody wins, but I make fun of people who are like, second place is the first loser. That's always how they talk. Yeah, not everyone wins. Ellen, you won today. Very happy for you. Even oh my more goodness. happy David. You know what? We are going to glorify. I'm going to bring back second place. and I'm going to glorify it. The silver <laughs> medal is not lost yet. No, I mean, it always reminds me of the people on the streets of Philadelphia in 1993 chanting, we're number two. Like, it's an <laughs> achievement. You know, second place. You you beat somebody. David, you know what you are? You're the fairly odd parents meme where Timmy Turner's dad would say, this is where I put my gold medal trophy if I had one. <laughs> <laughs> no That's, one else gets the reference. So you're, hopefully our listeners do. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, Eric. Uh, well, Ellen. We know how valuable your time is. Thank you so much for coming on our show. We really had a blast with you, and, and this was just total fun for us. I had so much fun, you guys. I had so much fun. Well, this is great, and if you want to see more of Ellen, she's everywhere. She's does a ton of different podcasts. She does, obviously, her own Take Me Into the Ball Game. She's on Twitter at Ellen underscore Dare, on Instagram at Ellen Dare G, and, of course, you can check her out, ellenadare.com. Thank you so much again, Ellen. This was a treat. You guys are the best. It was a treat for me, too. If you're a baseball movie fan, watch, listen to Take Me Into the Ball Game. It's a great show. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Alan. Stay safe. Oh, my goodness. You, too. That was so much fun. But I'm, like, actually sweating from the excitement. Oh, I don't get my uh my weekly Manfred fire Manfred thing. I had something ready. Oh man, you gave our listeners a homework assignment, David. <laughs>